Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. thing we should avoid. Hallelujah. Um, I've really enjoyed this series because it goes to the core of our calling. I mean, if you are doing anything but you are double-minded, the Bible says a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. And distractions, you might remember when we googled, a distraction is the process of diverting the attention of an individual or group from a desired area of focus thereby blocking or diminishing the reception of desired information a distraction is caused by lack the lack of ability to pay attention lack of interest in the object of attention or the great intensity novelty or attractiveness of something other than the object of attention so all the things that we've been going over are examples of things that can take our attention from who we are amen, amen. and so um let's do a quick revision and we will add the, la- the last and final one you know we should avoid the distraction of what that comes from people who have not heard from god the way you have yeah. amen. amen then avoid the distraction that comes by trying to compete or compare then avoid the distractions of phone calls technology all the, the like avoid the distraction of who false brethren. false brethren that one is very tricky because the wheat and the tares look alike and you can't tell you can only know them by their fruits then next one avoid the distraction of carnal christians and people who are not as committed as you are amen the last week we tackled avoid the distraction of unproductive arguments and quarrels hallelujah what do you remember from that Anybody? Avoiding the distraction of unproductive arguments and quarrels. What do you remember? Anything? A verse, a point, an explanation, a comment, a window. Brother Rasmus. Yeah. That's right. It's an opportunity for the devil to steal our time because his aim is to wear down the saints. One way that you can be worn down by to be involved in things that take you away from what you should be doing. Can you give me an example of a Christian leader in the Bible who was tempted by somebody or by some people to stop what he was doing to go into a discussion? Nehemiah, hallelujah. Somebody called Nehemiah into a meeting. What did Nehemiah say? You don't have to quote the whole verse, but there is something classical that he said. He said, I am doing a good work. Why should I leave this good work I'm doing to come and have a meeting with you? Amen. So, so it, it comes down to knowing what you are doing. Amen. When you don't have 
a passion for what you are doing. That's when you can easily be distracted. Hallelujah. Yeah. I mean, if you have, uh, what do you call it, an appointment to go and do your hair, and these appointments are hard to get. <laughs> There's a lot of people, learn, especially the, those who are very good. Do you get it? It's a work. Yeah, those who are very good. There are people lined up trying to go and do their hair. So if they are they're able to slot you somewhere, and at that time that your appointment is up, somebody say you know they are they are um, what do you call, somebody is selling uh, uh, what do they call it the neighborhood sales garage sale garage sale three blocks away, and what they are selling is like you know. Um, Staff that are not so critical to you. In fact, even if it was critical, at that point, your main focus is your hair. Because there's an important event coming. You are passionate about your hair. I mean, you need to be passionate about your hair. We don't want you to look like Bob Marley or anything like that. And so, what you are focused on and how important and passionate you are about it determines the level by which you can resist the distraction. Hallelujah. When you are not so passionate about something, then you can easily stop what you are doing if somebody wants you to go and do something else. Does that make sense? So, all this series is intended for us to be passionate about our God, to be passionate about his things, to be passionate about his agenda. And even if what you are being invited to is so inviting, so tempting, because of your commitment and your passion about what you are doing, you don't you see through it and you decide not to let it move you. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the things about the arguments and quarrels and things like that, sometimes it's not as easy to deflect or be distracted away from if the argument or the quarrel or what the discussion is about concerns you personally. If it is an accusation about you, most people, I mean, I don't know, most of us can pretend that the thing you know, and family home, or I'm, I'm not moved. But as you are going about, the thing is eating you up. Uh, real. Do you get it? <laughs> so when the discussion or the quarrel or the argument has to do with you personally, it's usually harder to not respond. And the classic example is the Lord Jesus. How, how was he able to be quiet when they brought him before the elders. Do you get it? You know, we know that the Bible said Jesus set his heart. He set his heart to do something. To go to Jerusalem to do what? To die. Is that not so? I mean, at the end of his ministry, there's a scripture we read. Luke chapter 9, 51 to 56. Somewhere in there. The Bible said that he set his heart to go to Jerusalem. So, so the distraction would be anything that will make him not go to the cross will be a distraction. Hallelujah. And here he was. Look at, let's look at Luke chapter 23 and verse 1 and 2. Let's go to Luke chapter 23. We are talking about how to avoid arguments and quarrels. It can be a distraction. And that, that distraction is harder to deal with when it has to do with you personally. Like somebody is accusing you of something. It is very difficult to keep your mouth shut when somebody is actually, especially when you know it's not true. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, Nehemiah, somebody wrote a letter. Was it Nehemiah or Ezra? One of the two. Somebody wrote a letter that we have heard you guys are trying to rebel against the king. Do you get it? 
and that was not true because the king gave them the permission to build but that thing your temptation will be to appear before them and then you bring the all the evidence all the letters do you get it then you go from the king and said here's my evidence but doing that would also mean that now you have stopped the work and now you're now going to defend yourself before the people do you know if the king is removed from power and a new king comes that law of uh, edict or decree that allowed you to go and build it will be seized amen so that window of time you have to build you need to focus on the building instead of chasing going to defend yourself somewhere but as i'm saying it's not that easy and so it takes a composure and a discipline there's a discipline we need to learn as christians almost like we need to become like an elephant that when you throw a stone at is not moved amen as a christian and as a christian leader you are going to be accused no two ways about that if you are you don't want to be accused you don't want anybody to say anything bad about you you are not growing part of growing is being able to stand stern stand strong like steel and not moved by what people are saying about you hallelujah look at what they said about jesus the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto pilate now pilate is the roman governor who has the power to sentence Jesus? And now they brought Jesus before Pilate. Next verse. What did they say about Jesus? And they began to accuse him. Listen to this. We found this fellow perverting the nation. This is the list of accusations against Jesus. Here is the man who has traveled from Nazareth, you know, all the way to Samaria, to Jerusalem. And even there were times that he ventured into non Jewish territory, the Syrophoenician territory. The Gadarenes, he healed the man from Gadarenes, the madman of Gadara. He has only been doing good, but they are accusing him that he is perverting the nation. Now, if you are standing before Pilate, okay, you you will feel like, I need to defend myself. What's the next thing? He is forbidden to give tribute to Caesar, which is not, he said. There's nothing like that. And then, he is saying that he himself is Christ, a king. See, before Pilate, if you say you are a king, it's an alternative king that you are claiming to be. Do you get it? We have only one emperor in the system. And this emperor is the one who appointed Pilate to come to Jerusalem and be governor. And it was known in antiquity that the Jewish people were very troublesome. In fact, before the time of Christ, there was a group led by Judas Maccabees who they tried to insurrect against the rule of the of the people that were ruling over them i believe at that time it was the greeks and they succeeded for a while but eventually it was crushed amen and so now jesus could easily say you know what all the, but if you remember the account at some point jesus Pilate asked jesus won't you say anything to defend yourself if jesus you know how he was able to refute all the accusations that the Jewish people and the elders were bringing? When, before the time of the arrest, normal day-to-day teachings in the temple, whenever they asked him a question, he was able to see through their, their uh, motive, and he would answer them, and, and then there's a place where it says that nobody dared ask him any more questions. So Jesus certainly had the wisdom to refute all that they are saying. And what would be the, what would be the end result of, if Jesus refused the accusation, what would be the end result? He will not be crucified. Pilate will say, look, I've listened to the case very carefully. 
and it looks like you guys are accusing him unjustly so we, I, i'm releasing him and if Pilate release him you can't because he's the authority there i mean the jewish people couldn't kill him unless Pilate said go and kill him hallelujah they needed his approval but jesus has made his man resolute that this is what my father wants and therefore even though i can defend myself i'm going to be quiet amen so that's one example another one is paul let's look at uh, acts chapter 24 verse 1 we are talking about not being distracted and the reason for not being distracted has to do with what you are about what you are doing if you consider what you are doing as very important, then you must avoid even when it comes to people accusing you. Don't let it get to you. Hallelujah. In the matter of time, truth will stand out. You know, President Lincoln, they said all kinds of horrible things about him. And it is so sad that soon after the Emancipation Declaration, they, they killed him. That he didn't live long to see the fruits of what he fought, he fought for. Hallelujah. But that's how it is. You know, you need to stand for truth and you need to have a backbone of steel. Not to be deterred by this one I said, this one I said that. And I will tell you as a human, as a fellow human being, it's not easy. But we are learning it so that you know that one word at stake is so important. Sometimes you need to swallow everything and just move on and not keep following Abba. This one has said this. This one has said that. Just follow. Fix your eyes on what is right. And when you know what you are doing is right, don't be afraid. The Bible said that the the, the wicked run when no one is following them, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Hallelujah. I think it's in Proverbs. So now, this is uh, Paul. After five days, Ananias the high priest descended with the elders and with a certain orator named Tertullus, who informed the governor against Paul. So Paul had been arrested. And I think it was the days of Festus, if I'm not mistaken. And so Paul is now going to be arraigned before for trial. So they hired, they hired a certain orator. Who is an orator? Uh, not, not quite. An orator. A speaker, just an ordinary speaker. Somebody, an orator is someone who is good with words. A person who is good with words. And their words are very sweet. And they know how to put words together. Like a word salad. Amen. <laughs> like Bishop says, word salad. And so, so, so who, they informed the governor against Paul. Okay, keep going. And when he was called forth, this Tatilos began to accuse him, accuse Paul, saying, Seeing that by this we enjoy great, so you see, he starts by praising, praising the leader. You see, this is the job of the orator. They are very, they have sweet words of speaking. So you see, we, we is a seeing that we enjoy great quietness since you came to power. We have been enjoying great quietness, and that very worthy deeds are done unto this nation by thy providence. Amen. <laughs> this is how he's describing the, the the person they are speaking before. Amen. That's, how, that's his introduction. We accept it always and in all places, most noble feelings with all thankfulness. So, this is his introductory statement. If you think about a court, how do you have the prosecutor and the defense? There's an introduction. This is how he introduced. So, immediately, if you are feelings, you like this guy. 
you this seems like somebody who who if you if you are in a, you are uh, uh, elected he said this guy will likely vote for me next time like here in here in this state you know how during voting time we vote for judges too is that not so yeah i know i have his vote so everything he's going to say i'm going to listen exactly <laughs> now look at it you see the shift you see the shift when you say notwithstanding it's like he's changing exactly changing the, the tune of the conversation that I be not further tedious unto thee I don't want to bother you too much but I'll tell you just a little bit about this troublesome guy I don't want to be troubled, uh, tedious unto thee I pray thee that thou would as hear us of thy clemency a few words. He's an orator. That's his job. To and, and I, I can guarantee you there are some people they can say something about you. It sounds so convincing that the whole world believes their story. And even if you were to stop the important thing you are doing to go and try and defend yourself, nobody will, nobody would uh, understand you. Amen. So you just need to be focused. That look, what I'm doing is an important work. Look, look at what he's saying. Clemency, providence, all this nice, nice words is what he's using. Next verse. For we have found this man. Look at it. So this is Paul. The person who is risking him, his life for the welfare of others. There was a time he collected uh, donations from Asia Minor and carried it through dangerous ground to bring it to Jerusalem because somebody had prophesied that there is a famine coming to Jerusalem. Do you get it? He collected money from all the places that he has started churches. That look, your brothers in Jerusalem, there's going to be a famine. And, and he risked his life and brought the money. This is not somebody who is destroying the nation. Look at it. He is what? Uh, go back. He has gone. No, no, no. Go back to the previous verse. We didn't explain it yet. We have found this man a pestilent fellow. A pestilent fellow. Which, which is like a pest. Do you get a pestilent, pestilent fellow, and a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world? <laughs> you see, accusations are embedded in it, exaggerations. Okay, he's what a mover of sedition. What does sedition mean? It means discord, division among the Jews throughout the world. And what a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. So the people that used to follow Jesus, they called him the Nazarenes because Jesus was from Nazareth. So he, Paul is now called a ringleader. When you hear the word ringleader, it's like the leader of the pact causing trouble. He was not causing no trouble. Okay? Um, who has also gone about to profane the temple. He has gone about to profane the temple whom we took and would have judged according to our law. He said we would have judged him according to our law. Alright, we are going on the way to verse 9. But the chief captain Lysias came upon us and with great violence took him away out of our hands. So he's saying that, look, we didn't want to bother you. He's done certain things that we would have judged him, but your, your uh, what do you call it, sheriff, the chief captain came and took him from us violently. Okay, next verse commanding his accusers to come unto thee by examining of whom thyself mayest take knowledge of all these things whereof we accuse him. At verse 9. And the Jews also assented, saying that these things were so. Hallelujah. 
And so, this is how there can be an entangled net of things being said. And sometimes, I mean, I, I, if you look at the passage, some of the passages that Paul was being accused, instead of defending himself, sometimes he will end up and turn it as an opportunity to preach. In fact, one of the, one of the either Festus or this Phyllis, at some point, the guy began to say, Paul, you almost made me a Christian. <laughs> because because see, if you are bitter, you cannot carry the anointing. If you are bitter, if you are, if you allow the things people are saying to go, you hold it in your heart in bitterness, it dispels the spirit of God. But if you allow it to rub on you and wash off, then a certain power comes from you. Hallelujah. The part of the sacrifice that as a believer you need to make is that you don't respond to all accusations. You don't respond to everything. Because you have a work to do and you can't waste your time to chase after everything. A lot of leading ministers, when you type their name on the internet, you'll be surprised what you see people are saying about them. From Papa Hagen to whoever, every leading good minister God is using, you will see that if you Google their name, there are actually books written against them. Hallelujah. I mean, if they stop preaching and they are now going to respond to every accusation, it's a waste of time. Hallelujah. So let's take a cue from there. Number seven, seven distraction. Avoid doing other people's jobs. Amen. There is a type of distraction that is about you get yourself involved in so many things so that you don't get to do what you are responsible to do. Hallelujah. Avoid doing other people's jobs. You need to know where to draw the line about your involvement. Hallelujah. Maybe even as a leader. Or sometimes about other people's lives. There is a place where you need to tell yourself that, look, this thing, I can't do this thing for this person. If you don't take care, there are some people, they are like pets. Pests. They don't want to take any responsibility for themselves. Everything, and if you allow yourself, you'll be all over the place and you will not accomplish anything for yourself. So, you see, we are talking about wisdom for leaders. Hallelujah. You need to avoid doing something that other people need to do. Let's look at this scripture, Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. In those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Keep in mind, the early church, they were practicing some type of communal ownership and sharing of things. Amen. So everybody contributed their money together and then they used to take care of everybody. Hallelujah. And now a segment, a segment of the church are raising an accusation that, you know, the Greek speaking ones among them, they were saying that they are being neglected in the daily ministration. Alright. Next verse. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, listen to this, it is not what? Reason. That we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now you need to look at this thing in context. Okay? Because the purpose of the church is to preach the word of God. The Bible says Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins. That is the first and foremost objective and purpose of the church. Now when we set that aside and we allow other things which are what you call peripheral. They are things on the side that come along. Amen? Are you listening to me? 
every every organization has the main thing they are doing and other things so for instance do you know there are some organizations some companies who have a daycare on the premises chase has it okay so you realize that this company they are not into daycare business but the daycare has become necessary because they want employees to have peace of mind i'm working here my child is here i don't have to i don't have to close at this time to go to helia to go and take my child so that even though it may be at a cost to the company actually it's a, a benefit because the employees can work with their full attention but if you ask if you go to the company's annual report and you see, look at the description of the what the company does for a living you will not see daycare listed there hallelujah and what is happening is that the church of god we have lost focus of what the church is for the church is first and foremost for the preaching against sin the preaching of righteousness the preaching of christ and his sacrifice the blood he shed for us the the, the freedom that his, his, his sacrifice has brought us we we can easily stop doing that and attend to what serving tables now you can in this modern world this is what people are after they want you to attend to their physical needs now am i saying physical needs are not important they are but there are other organizations that are doing physical needs hallelujah in fact some of the other things may not even be food it may be let's say uh this today i saw one of our branches one of our branches they are going to hold a college seminar do you get it did you say it i forgot a branch in the u.s they're going to hold a seminar for college students i don't know whether people who are already in college or people who are preparing to college to kind of give them orientation do you think it's a good thing we should do for our children yes they need it hallelujah but if we that is all we do we organize college seminars we organize uh, uh, extra classes for those who are having challenges in math but we don't preach salvation to them we don't preach stop sinning we don't preach against uh, what do you call it uh, 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 not sleeping around you need to keep yourself you need to zip up we need to live for christ you need to live as a virgin to your marriage if we don't tell them that and we tell them we give them all these things we have gotten distracted from the main task hallelujah and so that is why he's saying that he's not that he's not insensitive to the the, the stomach needs of people he said it is not reason that we should leave the word of god and serve tables next verse wherefore brethren look ye out among you seven men choose ye among among you seven men of look at that criteria honest report number one number two full of the what holy ghost and number three what wisdom whom ye may appoint over this business what business the business of serving tables the business of distributing food the business of sharing things for people amen let's add number four verse four but we the leaders we would want give ourselves continually to what prayer and to the ministry of the word hallelujah so peter and john and james and the leaders they were not going to be drawn into doing something that other people can do amen and if you are a leader and you are not smart about it you will be drawn you'll be drawn into so many things that are not your prim- should not be your primary focus but let's go back to the previous verse i would like you to see that in god's mind and at least in the eyes of the apostles the serving of food is very important 
because what is the criteria for somebody preaching the word of God? What, what you hope the person is what wise, have the Holy Ghost, and of honest report. You wouldn't want somebody preaching the word of God if today they say he's run away with this girl, he's run away with that girl, or, or, or stealing money from the church. I mean, it, it turns the, the, the what they are doing. So you will see that the criteria that they are listing for people who are going to serve as assistants to help the leaders is is they are not trying to they are not trying to what do you call it um, dilute or or, or, or or say it again belittle the, the caliber of the people the caliber of the leaders we need to take care of tables are as important as the people who are preaching the word hallelujah but then but then the one preaching the word should not be drawn into distributing of tables amen and as a pastor as a christian leader if you have these disputes about this person said they didn't do this for me you are actually not allowing the man of god to function the way they are supposed to function there has to be other people who will be like what volante you know volante is the is the is the is the or is it italian or, or latin the word for the the midfield you got it in soccer the midfield the midfield is the volante who would keep the ball from the enemy uh, opponent to come i mean if your midfield is good your keeper goalkeeper is always resting your defense they do they, i mean they, they are not too much pressure if you have a weak midfield there's like from the beginning of the match to the end constantly the keeper and the defender don't get to rest do you get it and this is what happens sometimes in churches and organization because there are not people of what honest report wisdom and and what Full of Holy Ghost. Often, often what you have is that, you see, after Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost is the gift of God that comes upon what? Upon, even before the day of Pentecost, do you know Jesus breathed upon them in John 20? He said, receive the Holy Ghost. So if you are a believer, you already have a measure of the Holy Spirit. Even before the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But there are a lot of Holy Ghost filled people who don't, who don't have an iota of wisdom. Do you get it? There is a wisdom that is not just because you are speaking in tongues. Because there are some things, it doesn't need to come to the, the, the leader. You deal with it. How come you cannot deal? How come every time you are speaking, you are always bringing problems? Because the leader, is a, it is not reason. It is not reason. And if you are a leader and you are not wise, you will be drawn into this all the time. It will just waste your time. You think about the Exodus. Imagine the Exodus. You are Moses and Aaron. You are leading the people of Israel from where? From Egypt to the promised land. Now, Pharaoh said, I won't let them go. And now God has to manifest supernatural powers to finally change Pharaoh's mind. Pharaoh, Pharaoh has finally agreed. Because now the firstborn have died. And you have had to kill the lambs to make a mark on the, on the, on the uh, lintel and the door with the blood of the lamb. So now, through the Passover, there is deliverance. Okay? But just as they are about to go, they hit a roadblock. What is a roadblock? The Red Sea. Amen. You have no idea. When I watched the Ten Commandments, when I watched it and I saw the ordeal, because now, Pharaoh and his army are after them. The Red Sea is before them. And as a leader, people don't realize that a leader has a lot of pressures. In fact, what's the point we are talking about? What, what, what are we sweating about? Tell me the point again avoid doing other people's job do you know why sometimes some leaders cannot avoid doing other people's jobs 
because the people draw them into it. You, you, just as you wouldn't want, you wouldn't want people to involve you in things to, to distract you, make yourself also available and be a volante, be a blocker of things that would otherwise come to the leader and deal with it so the leader can focus on what is the most important thing. Amen. Amen. So I believe it goes both ways. And, 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 and as you discover when you read um, you know, Jethro's advice to Moses, sometimes to the leader too has to do some training. Like I'm training you now. So that you know that look, that some things deal with it. What is the whole point of assigning you a job? That I, I need you to, uh, what do you call it, uh, take care of what? We are going to have a major program. Do this. There are certain decisions that it doesn't matter. Like uh, the paint, should we buy it from Menat or, or what do you call it? Home Depot. Paint to me is paint. If it the budget we have given you, just make a choice, make a decision and buy it. And when I come and I smell it, I can't tell whether it is a Menat or Home Depot. But now, now I am on visitation and praying with a certain church member. And that point is when you are calling me. Oh, pastor, I'm now, I, I'm, I'm now at Menas, and uh, I mean, the paint there is, you know, I mean, it may be $2 difference. Take some risk and buy it. Nobody is going to kill you. If it is, if it is $2 higher than Home Depot, that's okay. But then, why is it that we have given you a job, but you cannot use your own, it's like every little thing you are calling the leader. No, 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 no. That one too can make the leader. So you see, it's a question of, sometimes it's a question of the nature of the people. But sometimes too, it may not be the nature of the people. Sometimes the people are ready to take on responsibility. But you can also have a certain type of leader who cannot delegate. So that is also a personality. That, that one is not the people. There are some leaders, the way they are, they need to be involved with everything. Even when they have given you the thing, now they are asking you. I know somebody, even when they are on vacation, they are checking the workflow on the on the on the job this thing and then they are calling the co-worker have you seen this thing that came in at some point the co-worker told the person that look you are on vacation please we will take care of things we, we will take care of things the, the company is not going to collapse okay just enjoy your vacation there are some people their personality is like they want to be involved in every little thing and you cannot be an effective leader if you are all over the place so you can see it's two ways hallelujah but think about moses and aaron leading the people of israel now, the army of Pharaoh is right behind them. And Moses called on God. God said, point your what? Staff at the Red Sea. Is that not so? Yeah. Look. Red Sea is right there. Now, God miraculously, The Bible said an east wind blew on the sea. Okay? And the sea has now blown like this. And it has become a two walls. Hallelujah. Yeah. Two walls like, like this and like this. And there's a way... That, that, that people need to go through it is, it is related to time please remember that everything is related to time have you not heard somebody say that the exams was easy but I, it is only because it was too the time was too short and that is why I couldn't pass Every, that is why they, they have timed it because if you allow through, through uh, three days everybody will pass the exams everything is related to time every task is related to time hallelujah yeah. so they needed to cross over before the egyptians joined them in the sea hallelujah yeah. but as they are about to cross what's going to happen think about about uh, estimated three million people okay because they had 600 million uh 600 000, uh the footmen soldiers so if they are soldiers 600 uh, 
chances are that they are married and were children if you do all the math people estimate two to three million people not only that you also have animals because they were last uh, livestock keepers and the two to three million people some are little children do you get it some are little children. There are some. They say, "Let's cross the Red Sea." Say, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And, and, and some say, "I won't go." Do you get it? And you can't go and leave your child. Are you there? And then you have the animals that need to cross. They don't know what is happening. Animals have seen that there's water going up like this, and another water, and they say you should go. There's no wall. There's no wall. No wall has been built across. No wall has been built. All you see is a wall of water. And the animals don't understand language. The human beings have been told we are crossing through this place to, to the promised land. Animals don't so animals that you, you are they, they, they don't want to go. Do you get it? And people are beating them, beating them, and the stick they are using to beat them is even breaking. And then you have uh, one of the goats that is the day they are delivering. Do you get it? They are delivering at that time. And then there's a chariot carrying there's an old man and an old woman who is uh, sick and, and, and at the time of the Ezra, that is when they are so weak, but you can't leave them, you have to carry them. Plus, you have Joseph's bones. Because Joseph said that look, I know of a truth, the Lord our God will fulfill his promise. So when you are going to the promise, like carry my bones. So someone is carrying Joseph's bones. Do you get it? Now, as they are about to cross, all these problems are arising. Okay? Somebody said, Look, you know, my, uh, my, uh, the, the child, uh, we, 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 were, we were feeding the child and the, and the thing fell into the mat. They are coming to report to Moses. If you are Moses, look, at this point, you need to wait and hear from God. God, what are we doing? Look, Joshua, or, or what's his name, uh, 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 Korah, should deal with the issue. Don't come and disturb Moses with somebody said, you know, uh, 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 my, my, my dog is limping. My dog is my, your dog is carrying the dog at your back. We are crossing the Red Sea right now. What is at stake is that we need to cross very quickly. Yeah. What it is it, like, it's like, it's like in tree, we have a, a, a expression, a nisusu. It's like, what is at stake is serious. Our eyes are red. We need to cross very quickly. And people need to be smart and look, this is the time Moses needs to hear from God. Let's not bother him with some And I'm not trying to belittle that what they are complaining about is not important. Okay? It's important. But you need people who recognize what is at stake. And then there are people who need convincing. Say, so are you sure? As I'm walking, I'm walking, what if the, the, the water comes down? You see, Paul said that those of us who are spiritual, we should respond to these people who are weak with what? Wisdom and meekness. So that is not the time for you to say, you, you don't have faith. God has opened the Red Sea. Do you understand? Let's cross. Stop that nonsense there. No. If you do that, out of uh, frustration, they may turn themselves into the sea and get drowned. Are you going to be happy if they get drowned? You will not. So you need to calm them down. No, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. All these things, you should resolve it and Moses shouldn't even hear about it. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. Joshua needs to be running from the end. From the end to the back and bringing reports. So Joshua too doesn't need to be disturbed by uh, what do you call it. Uh, somebody's uh, 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 somebody's food is too cold. Look, eat the cold food. When we get to the promised land, we can start a fire. Right now, we don't need fire. We need to cross before the Egyptians come. Or oh, the place look a little slippery. Look, we don't have time for the sun to shine. We need to cross right now. All the complaints and the people. You, if you get that, there's two or three Ten Commandments I've watched. 
And when I saw, that's so funny, when I saw the, what was going on, I realized that it doesn't take only Moses and Aaron to get them across. It takes a lot of other people doing a lot of things. You have, you have somebody in the chariot, they are pushing, and then the chariot is stuck. It is stuck in the mud. You need to now get people to lift it and push it. Do you get it? The goat that is delivering, you need to let the goat deliver. How are you going to let it? If you wait for the delivery, you are going to be caught by the Egyptians. So you leave the goat, the delivering goat, doing, trying to push into one of the chariots. And as the goat is in the chariot, the sick person in the chariot says, well, you are bringing an animal in this chariot. I am a human being. I am not going to have to smell goat poop. Look, smell goat poop just for this short time. Because this person, all the animals, the last time, what do you call it, Cosidiosis came into the camp, all the animals died. And as you are going to the promised land, this family, they have only one goat left. And thank God this goat is pregnant and the goat is delivering. We can't leave them, we cannot leave the goat. So you smell the goat for the sake of Christian love. Smell the goat poop and, and, and be in this chariot as we cross over. Amen. Amen. All these things, there are a lot of intricate details sometimes you need other people to deal with. And, and if Moses or Aaron they say, well, you know what? When I look at the angle maybe in school you like geometry you like uh, math. When I look at the angle of the, there are people like that too. Say, you may think I'm, I'm exaggerating. The angle of the of the rain. I think you're, and so now Moses calls them and everyone with a child, listen to me. You need to do 90 degrees. You are wasting time, Moses. You are wasting time. What about angles? Just push that thing through the Red Sea. Let's cross over. When we get to the promised land, you can teach your geometry. Amen. There are some leaders like that. There are some leaders like that. That they are so detailed and so involved that they won't let the people use their ingenuity and creativity. And you distance yourself, step aside, and don't be distracted about all that is going on. Fix your eyes on the final most important thing. And trust that people will carry on the rest. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Let us rise up. Commit yourself to the Lord. Ask him to help you. Ask him to help you. And let's take an offering for the Lord. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you for your love for us. We ask you to help us so that we will be fixated on you and not distracted. Even if we are called names, even if um, all kinds of things are said, may we not be moved. And we also give to support your work, Lord. We ask you to bless our offerings and multiply it in the name of Jesus. Amen.